Welcome to another episode of Capital Roots, brought to you by Capital Farm Credit, where we bring you the experts in the ag industry. In addition to a few Texas legends along the way, we're your hosts, Joe Patronella and Clint Cryer. Thank you for listening. Now let's get back to our roots. Welcome to another episode of Capital Roots. Today, we've got our buddy Wade Lowry with W&R Farm and Ranch out of Bull Verde and Two Doves Outdoor out of Kingsville. Wade, thanks for being here with us, buddy. Thanks for having me on this uh, fine day. It's a fine day. A little rushed up day for you, but that's kind of every day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a blessing. It is a blessing. For sure. For sure. So we can get it lined out early. You got any nicknames for us to be aware of? No, man. Well, they call me Wade a Potato, the Big Fat Tomato, but that was from a... Since I was a little guy. Gotcha. <laughs> no, I don't have any nicknames except for Wedo Potato and Big Fat Potato. Yeah. Got it. But everybody calls me Wedo, which is like Spanish for Wedo. white boy. So, ah, yeah. okay. So There's when, a, I, when I was in South Texas, they do. Yeah. Wedo's Tacos in Austin. Pretty the, the, good stuff. There you go, man. I love yep. a good taco. As long Same. as you don't call them a burrito, I'm good. That's like something that hurts my soul and I will fight you over. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, good. I'm with good. you. Good. Tacos Tuesday and every other day. That's it, brother. All the time. Oh, heck yeah. So talk to us a little bit about your operation. Yeah, so we started uh, back in, man, 2011. I got laid off in the oil field. Um, kind of circumvent that. I went all through uh, A&M from a small town in Kingsville. Uh, my dad was in a ranching background. My mom grew up uh, in the country. Um, we lived in town because my mom did not want to live outside of town anymore. Uh, so we always knew ranching. When ranch has been in our family since 1860s, the brand I wear on my buckle. But uh, long story short, I thought I was probably going to ranch when I turned 40, 50 years old after my dad had kind of passed it on and, and his dad before him. And the oil field kind of asked me to leave, and I, and I had to generously say yes because that was the only option. And so in 2011, I got laid off. No, 15, I'm sorry. 2015, I got laid off, and that started my ranching career um, a little earlier than I thought. And then we actually went into full-time ranching in 2017, which awesome. was scary. Because I never think I, I thought I'd been there. Because that was my only source of uh, income was, sure. was straight ranching, which is never never easy mm-hmm. with uh, little ones. And so our operation started kind of trial by fire. We started with the paleo movement with um, CrossFit. And uh, we had some grass-fed beef. We bought 10 steers from the King Ranch. Okay. And uh, my dad has coffee those guys every morning. And my dad's a feed, a feed nutritionist. So, really? yeah. So he's like, hey, I know some good steers. And let's try these steers. And... And uh, it started, and we fed them for 10 months, and uh, they tasted pretty bad. So uh, <laughs> that was our first just into, really, the, the whole direct-to-consumer. It was new then, um, in 2014, 15, when it started. Um, yep. We started kind of right before we got uh, laid off. And so that was kind of my just into ranching, uh, trial by fire. And then all we ever knew was cow-calf operations from my grandparents and how they did it. And um, then snow cone rolling in snowball effect we got into uh farm bureau and farm bureau really put me with young farm and ranchers and uh-huh. really put a key to this kind of uh how i'm gonna set my niche market of ranching uh young farming and ranching with uh, other young entrepreneurs and just god just it pushed my go button and like really drove me being around good people to do that yeah not to suck right and that was the biggest day like it's okay to suck but be better than the next day and those there were some really great young producers that were really pushing hard and doing crazy stuff and crazy amount of capital. And I was just like, I have 10 steers, you know, and I was really nervous. And um, it was a blessing. My parents kind of said, hey, uh, we'll back out early on this kind of deal. And if you want to run it, my dad was like, I'm, I've been around cows my whole life. And 
frankly, I'm just kind of tired. And so we kind of took over. And uh, that's been kind of the, the, the dad, my dad is my partner. My wife's my partner, of course, on, on, on this, the direct consumer. My dad's my partner on the cow calf. And now he just kind of slowly backs off. And like today, he was just fixing, looking at water lines and things like that while we're working cows. You know, he's just, he goes and gets tacos, you know, and that kind of stuff. And yeah. comes back. He's a great, um, a great feed guy. And it's really interesting to see and talk to him. But most of all, like on the cow stuff and selling, it's all us. Tell me about the cow-calf stuff, because I'm a cow-calf guy. I get that stuff. Yeah, so our cow-calf stuff, we leave bulls year-round, which is kind of unheard of. Um, yeah. Because we don't, in South Texas, we don't get a lot of freezes, so we don't have to worry about a nose falling off or an ear falling off or not, <laughs> like those northern guys do. Um, we also, since we're in the, the beef program, we got to have beef year-round. And so that's been our uh, our main goal. It's always been how we ranched. Um, mm-hmm. Ranched horseback, we ranched with helicopters. And that's always been in ranch with dogs, too. So that's kind of different as well. Um, a lot of a lot of our heifers are broke with dogs, yeah, and that's pretty cool. So anytime they hear a dog bark, they kind of just all gather up in a, in, in a circle. <laughs> and uh, but it's um, the cow calf for us is we try to think like a big uh, organization. Um, we vac forty five, we wean correctly, we fence line wean. Um, we're really big on uh, herd health. Um, we don't do a lot of antibiotics or hormones. Just with the pastures we have, it's just not just something we can do. Other than that, guys, we strictly do work them twice a year. Um, we work bigs, little, smalls. We don't pull bulls off. So you might have a, a two-weight steer or, or a six-weight heifer, you know. And so that's kind of how we do it. And uh, I like we, to call those little ones Christmas money. Oh, you that's, know? that's good we're stuff. We're not going to turn anything away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we will work everybody. So now we're DNA verifying everything. That's kind of interesting through the ear tech process, which has kind of evolved from having the two, two-step process now to just the ear tech now when you push it in grabs a sample and it's that's really cool mm-hmm. so that saves time but um we do have really good cowboys workforce but a lot of the guys have been working with those for nine eight nine years now and they're good and uh, like and it's like i left early today and they were handling the situation which is awesome because mm-hmm. i think for us i couldn't do it on my own and that's one thing that hurts for me I'm talking about cow calf because it's great to go out and see calves with your especially with your kids and your family and the, you know it's the wife and i talk about it's come more of a business mm-hmm. and that's taken some of the fun out of it because now it's like we work during the school week and even though we home school, they still got to get school done or they got show pigs or they got baseball or they got softball. So I've kind of tried to step back and be like, okay, let, let's bring the family back to it because who are we going to teach? Right. Right. So it's been tough, but I'm balancing that this year. That was kind of my goal. And I think I probably did a pretty crappy job, but I really try to focus on that for next year. So, yeah. Well, I think everybody here, we all have a passion for ag and, I find myself struggling with that too because I, I work a desk job five days a week and most of the time, the only time I can go check my cows is on the weekend and that's not near enough because that's where I find my clarity. That's where I find my peace. And so sure. if I can go check heifers on a Wednesday at lunch with, if I'm not booked for a meeting or something, I try to do that. So I think it is the balance we're all searching for. It, it, and it's the balance for us too is to show the kids the way of life. Like that's why we're doing it. And um, mm-hmm. But also one thing we, I think we've always pride pride ourselves at at our household on around our kitchen table is to really talk about the goods and the bads <clears throat> and last year was a really hard year drought wise uh depression really sets in for you know you hear about about the old timers and they talk and they, a lot of them just kind of bitch and uh and it's and it's almost like as, as producers we just have to complain about the worst to kind of like put this on our chest of like we made it through and, and i get some of those things but i really told my kids about the really hard times and like depressiveness and the, and the not raining and the sitting there and going okay 
bills are due, you know, what do we do here? Like, there's a lot that I think that I, I've tried to bring the children in on and the wife in on about because I think I can isolate myself as an entrepreneur and be like, I can just take this on. Mm-hmm. And that's something we battled with. I really battled with last year about just really focusing on myself. And it was it was a dark year for me with no rain. And you're watching your hard work and, you know, and you're paying. Like, we, we were able to pay the cow note. And we were able to pay it off, thank goodness. But still, you know, to get ahead, you weren't getting ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, that gets hard. That's a really good point and kind of unexpectedly. And I'm glad you brought that up because... Um, we have to go to continuing legal education. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things they bring up as an ag lawyer is mental health in agriculture. And nobody really talks about it. No. And it's a huge issue because it's a, you have all these inputs that are constantly rising. And it's not cheap to be a farmer or rancher. So it, no. it, it's, a, it's a big problem that's not being talked about that needs to be. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And we all face with it. Yeah, and, and truly with any job. But again, when I'm relying on the rain or, you know, a fence to hold something together and mother nature or chance of luck of a car you know there's so many things that i have to face like in south deep south Texas, we face a lot of illegal traffic and just a lot of stuff variables i just feel like we have a lot of variables but those mm-hmm. variables are make it so worth at the end mm-hmm. and yeah. so but man mental health was a true my best friend's a, a wheat a wheat guy and so um and from college and so we've been together and just to hear each other talk and just like just grind it out <clears throat> it's just been amazing for for me as a human as a dad to kind of move through that because yep. that stuff is tough to get mm-hmm. through and to grind through and to wake up and be like oh, i gotta get kicked right in the groin again today and so um i think not a lot of producers talk about that i think the old timers do and then i think the young guys are, oh we'll make it or, we'll, or there's a social media you know show and i just think some days i'm like man this this, this sucks mm-hmm. like and i don't think a lot of people understand how much it sucks Mm-hmm. I think that's that may be some one of the ways that we fail in agriculture when we take that next generation, put them in, you know, production shoes. You know, the the things that we teach them are the mm, things it takes. You know, you got to vaccinate on this day. You got to do it this many times a year. You got to wean this day. You got to you know you got to do all these different things. But we don't talk about the the mental side of it and no know, man how you how you just push through or you vaccinate and that calf still might die. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. not preparing for the worst, but anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah. they're still good to it. We no, to. I think, and I think too, when you see a calf on the ground, it's like the best thing in the world. Like when it's next to his yeah. mom and it's nursing and you know that you not had a hand in it, but the man upstairs had blessed you that day with a calf or blessed you that day with, with a sale, you know, mm-hmm. and, and a check that cleared, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but you talk to guys that just, you know, get timely rains when it's needed or they get that last ditch effort of just, just help. And, you know, for us, it's just, it's a blessing to do what we do. And I think sometimes we just romanticize it, but I don't think we really talk about it sometimes about how kick-ass it is when you sit there and go, man, I get to wake up, even though I have to drive through New Brunswick like today. And, you know, we do a lot of urban ranching, right? And so it's a lot of like 500-acre tracks, 300-acre tracks moving uh-huh. through, and it's going – but I get to drive a tractor on the highway and you know, mm-hmm. my son's 14 or 15, two days ago. And it's like, he gets experienced like, you know, excavator and like people honking at him, you know, and he's just driving this tractor. Like there's a lot of cool stuff that, that the experience of like, this is pretty cool. It's a yeah. privilege to get to do. And I think sometimes it can feel like a burden, but in those moments you have to remind yourself it is a privilege because not everybody gets to do it. Not no. everybody understands 
agriculture. And so we get to be the stewards of that. We get to be the stewards. And I think we, you know, we have to tell our stories, but also too, we have to be true to ourselves. I like to journal and um, I write a lot of that stuff down. And so that's really cool. And gratefulness is probably the biggest thing I've been focused on this last year in my mental health. And that's been huge for me, just being grateful. Like, hey man, I'm healthy today. The kids are healthy. You know, um, we still got lease land or we still got cows or the markets. And, and who knows that I was supposed to be like this world reader of like commodity and studying Ukraine, <laughs> Ukraine and all of these, you know, corn commodity prices and the market fell, you know, a dollar 40 right. yesterday, you know, and I'm going, Oh wow. You know? And so, <laughs> but it's kind of, you know, I love the knowledge and that's what makes it fun to be a niche marketer. Like I am with this box B program and trying to sell the consumer something, you know, and educate them too, because some people are just so just unaware and it's sad. <clears throat> and that's what we've done as producers is not to, we let the marketers do that, right? And we should be our best at our own marketing. Mm-hmm. And um, I get a lot of questions from people like this and that. And, and again, they don't have to buy my beef. Like you can go down the road. And that's what I kind of tell people. Like this is what I offer. I'm not changing for you. I'll answer your questions. And it's not, not for me to convince you, maybe to educate you, but not to convince you. Because if a man opened up next door and did the same thing I did, there's enough beef consumer to go around that mm-hmm. it doesn't. Like mm-hmm. I don't look at it as a threat. I just look at it as an opportunity for us to still share info. Yep. So that's kind of how I look at it. So talk, talk about your box beef program a little bit. Yeah. So we sell box beef direct to consumer USDA certified. Um, Do you have your own kill plant? No, sir. Okay. Uh, no, sir. We uh, kill right here in, uh, in, in Lockhart. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Luling. I always confuse those, but uh, turn it. The Bucky's, I do too. To turn it. The Bucky's head North and yep. it's, Hometown meat market. They do. Hometown. It's a buddy of mine. It's a kick-ass project, man. Yep. They do a great job to get us in. They do They do good stuff. They do good work. They got good finish work. And people like our beef. That's like the, big, the biggest drive is when people text us. We don't know. Like, hey, man, I ate some of your beef. I'm like, wow. It's cool. It is cool. It's cool, man. It's mm-hmm. cool. And so on a grand scale, it's, it's, it's cool. And um, so, yeah, so we, you can buy halves or holes. We sell mm-hmm. direct to consumer. Uh, you fill out the kill sheet. You put your kills at how you want. We deliver it to you for 75 bucks and I'll put it in your freezer and give you a high five. So yeah, you know, and that's kind of the high fives included. Yeah. In yeah the high fives five? are free is what I tell everybody all the time. So yeah, man, yeah, that's a that's deal. A, that's a deal. So, and it's been a, it's been neat because you go and you're like, cause beef's expensive. Ideally. I mean, you know, our average steer cost on a whole Japanese steer is like $5,000. It's expensive. And <clears throat> When someone commits to me $5,000, like I want to put a good product and talk to them. Sure. So are you 100% Akushi? No, I'm a minor half-bloods. Half-bloods, okay. Yes, sir. And so- What's uh, the other half? So it varies on where the ranch is, but a lot okay. of it, most of it's uh, it's red influence. So it'd be either okay. like a Hereford base with with, uh, with the brown. All of them have a, usually a quarter ear to take the heat. Yep. And uh, for tenderness, we like that as well. And then uh, we have Hereford, Red Angus, uh, Black Baldy. We try to move away from black cattle. I know they, they do so well. They just- the heat where we're at just kicks our butts. Sure. <clears throat> so, yeah. But with the box beef program, man, I get great questions. And I get to talk, talk to people about what I know. Yep. It might not always be the best, but I always try to convince most people grass-fed versus grain-fed. That's their biggest question. And and I'm just like, what do you, what do you like? Well, this is what I like. Or where do you buy your beef? Oh, I mm-hmm. buy at H-E-B. Okay. Well, then let's talk. Let's walk you through this process. Yeah. Are you selling both? Sell both. Gotcha. I sell both. What does your typical customer look like that's buying that? Well, we're kind of blessed in our, in our area because we're, a, we're, we're in the burbs. Um, we, we have a farm in the burbs. And so um, uh, uh, demographic-wise, our typical customer is probably a family 
-hmm. It's probably usually uh, college educated is kind of what we're looking at through our, our online demographics. Okay. Um, and they usually have enough disposable income to worry about what they eat. Okay. Uh, they usually are high performing of like either at a gym, a cyclist, a work, you know, somebody that's health conscious and wants to talk to somebody. And so that's, that, that is our clientele. It's kind of crazy that we kind of know this much, but it, we, it fits the mold of people that. So do you have a brand? On your beef? Uh, yes, sir. Just our, our family brand. Yes, sir. I got you. Yeah. And it's just a W-E and an L. And so, so a brand my great, my grandfather carried and my grandfather for him. So <clears throat> that's, that's it. Neat. Yeah. So it's just W.R. Lowry uh, Farms and, and it's um, just Lowry beef is kind of how we, there, there's different, we have to have different labels with the USDA. And so, uh, and, uh, but the grass fed, which is funny for us, has been in a drought. Mm-hmm. And I get to inform these people like, hey, we're in a drought. Like, oh yeah, I know. I can't water my grass. Well, I don't have water to water my grass. Like, yeah. you know, the man upstairs does that. And so that really opens people's eyes. I'm like, I don't have beef. I like, I'm, I can't produce I'm like, well, I can go get it at HB. I'm like, yes, you can. You, you sure. That's amazing. It's imported most likely mm-hmm. um, from New Zealand. And, uh, and I don't fault those people at all. Like that's another producer. I never fault a producer. Like I never fault a vegan either because for me, it's like, mm-hmm. they're still, produ- they're helping the producer, right? They're, they're helping the vegetable farmer, which is a buddy of mine, you know? So we live in the greatest area, I guess, really the greatest country in the world to choose what kind of diet mm-hmm. you want it's a very interesting point i had one of my best friends from college his wife that came in for the game a couple weekends ago and she told me that she stopped eating meat and college me would have just been livid oh, I, yeah. I would have been so mad but i told her i said i'm so happy that's what your body's needing right now yeah because good for her for what sure. is that doesn't affect me yeah i'll never do that i'm yeah. gonna have a steak every friday or saturday yeah but <laughs> if that's what she needs very happy for us. Yes. And we live in an area where you can choose. I want to be, you know, I want to do this diet or I want to, you know, I, I, and, and I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think it just, it's not just the fact that you choose. I think that you've got the ability, you know, whether you can afford it, and whatever it is. Yeah. 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 You, th- you think about other, you know, other develop, undeveloped, less developed countries around the world or higher populous yeah. countries, you know, yeah. they talk about protein consumption is actually on the increase, say in China. And I'm like, protein consumption changes. I mean, it's crazy, yeah. right? Just like, uh, like Joe says, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's steak Friday and Saturday, maybe both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that is, and to us, I'm like, man, you, and that's what tell me, you get to choose. Like you can choose if you want mm-hmm. grass feed. I just, I can't give you that right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, what do you have? Well, we have grain fed right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about corn. Well, Here's the weird. Here's some weird things that I'm going to entertain you about. Like if you can, I can send a grass-fed steer inside a cornfield, and they can graze. But a minute a machinery touches it, now it's you know now it's 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 bad. And I'm like, ah, I just don't agree with some of those things. And I eat grass-fed beef, so I'm on both sides of that kind of stuff. So I don't care. I really wonder though if the, or if those kinds of people actually have been out there to inspect what they're you know they have their beliefs. Oh no. But you, you see what I mean? Have they, have they been out there to see what they yes. believe? Uh, that's, and that's another thing. I'm like, you know, I can also feed a steer in dark room hay on mm-hmm. concrete mm-hmm. and call it grass fed. And they're like, no, doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's what he consumes. It's yeah. not how he lives his life. Yeah. You know? It makes me think everywhere. <laughs> yeah, makes me think I may get in trouble here, but you know, Yellowstone when the, uh, the, uh, they take the, the, uh, uh, environmentalist lady out to show her the ranch and what they do and how they care for the animals and it opens her eyes because she had no idea yeah. she believed all these things and she had never seen the other side yeah yeah i don't well, know kind of interesting perspective it's just like we were talking to 
the executive from the San Antonio Rodeo a second ago. It's that, you know, they're making the effort to go out and talk to individuals not in agriculture. There's just that education gap. And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of it isn't mm-hmm. necessarily an opposition. It's just it's just a strict yeah. knowledge deficit. So I have some family. It's funny, you know, they talk about cage-free eggs and, and all that. They only, only eat cage-free eggs, you know, out of chickens that remember, roam the pastures. are just much better for you. And I'm sitting there thinking... Those are the chickens that are out there pecking in the cow patties. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, can you really want to eat that? <laughs> That's another amazing animal, by the way, chicken. We had some, and I'm like, wow, I really like these little animals because they eat all the horse poop. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, what and I'm and at. My kids are like, these are awesome. We don't have to shovel it. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, speaking of birds, I want to talk about two doves. Okay. We're, t- tell me all about this. Yeah, so it was a, um, my buddy. Um, from college, a good buddy of mine's just back when hats were, you could go buy a box of hats and you everybody had an embroidery machine, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. that's kind of how it started in 2017. And, um, I asked him one day, he was at the house. He was in the, we were both in the oil field. And I said, Hey, I'm going overseas, man. I'd like to take some hats with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that skin goes back to where I learned a lot about, about food consumption overseas. And, uh, and so I said, I want to take some hats to some of my guys overseas. I was going to, um, I was going over to Kazakhstan and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, let's go. And he's like, Oh, here you go. You know, I said, what are you doing with this? And he's like, well, I just, I just want to sell some of these stuff. I can have a dove lease or something, you know, something to do. I'm like, well, man, how much money you got? In? And he told me, and I'm like, well, how about if I give you cash for half 49% of that, which is the total you just told me and we become <laughs> partners. And he said, sounds good. So next day I got on legal zoom, we became partners. I gave him the cash and uh, <laughs> we started a company really with two doves. And um, it was always been an apparel brand. Uh, and then we had a, like a little leather problem, right? So we were get, building leather in Kingsville. Building leather. It's funny. Building leather. Right. And so I never knew how to sew, but I, we just had these design things. And so we we worked with a store in Kingsville where I was from. And uh, finally they came to us one day like, you're all our leather. How about you just buy us out? We're done. We want to be done. We want to retire. We're like, cool. So we went to the local bank and we walked to the local bank. There was a store for sale, mm-hmm. <laughs> downtown Kingsville. And I said, she had a little sign said for sale. So we walked in and said, we'd like to buy the store. You know, the bank said, okay. And so we just, then we just moseyed onto the bank and said, we want to buy a, this business and this store. And they're like, okay, cool. As long as you're going to keep it here in town, we'll do it. And that's kind of where it's been. And we've always had a, 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 a draw. Kingsville is a neat area that people underestimate the buying power of that town. Um, it's got a big airport. There's a lot of big ranches. And it's just impressive to see uh-huh. the amount of just money that comes into that town to bird hunt, mm-hmm. to hunt. Um, uh, there's a lot of oil field activity. Uh, there's a lot of fishing. And so um, it's been a great town to have a business. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of walk-in traffic. Yep. And, and okay. so our building was right across the street from the King Ranch Saddle Shop. They had leather. We had leather. Let's, you know, it's kind of like that whole CVS, to, you know, yeah. and, and that's kind of the deal that worked out. And uh, we knew we weren't. We, them and, and and we pride ourselves in just kind of being different mm-hmm. and uh we're kind of loud and flashy and they're very classical and that's just kind of something what we are but that's kind of how two dove that's our mentality of two dove is to be different to to not be scared to have fun in the outdoors our, our slogan is uh, uh for the people that don't mind missing the morning hunt right that's kind of our <laughs> that's kind of our slogan and, uh-huh. and, yeah and it's been a great feel for us as as uh two entrepreneurs that like Hey man, um, we're gonna make a hat. Okay, cool. We're gonna make a leather bag. Okay, cool. We're gonna make a shirt. I'm like, do we not make a shirt? I'm like, no. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> let's go. You know, we went to Vegas and met with people, and we're like, 
make us a shirt and we send them their money and they send us that doesn't look like a shirt you know we lose a bunch of money we learn all the hard way like we know mm-hmm. nothing about clothing mm-hmm. zero sizing buns <laughs> stitch lines patterns buttons and we're like oh man we gotta do a lot of studying so and we did <laughs> we both studied a ton and we came up with a great shirt we do button-up shirts like the one i'm wearing we do uh jackets that will be coming out next fall we'll do shorts coming out next spring we'll make a run and we produce all our own hats that our own we draw all of our own designs and we send to our to our graphic designer that we have in house that's awesome we um have our own videographer now um we have ladies at ship force full-time it's become a really cool business that is very cutthroat but means so fun yep because he lets our creativeness really run yeah. and that's 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 really cool yeah because i can draw some really bad chicken scratch and this i don't know how this guy does it he 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 knows us so he sees what <laughs> he sees what you're trying to yeah, do yeah so man yeah. It's, oh, it's so cool like we have a bunch of cool polos coming out we do that that whole wild wild polo thing is big in the golf world but in the hunting world it's like oh i gotta wear a camo mm-hmm. but when you go to south texas not one son of a gun is wearing camo right there it's just like like you know I'm, like my dad's like i wear a white a white button down shirt to go hunt you know what i mean like that's what he wears and mm-hmm. it's like I'm riding around a truck, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's not, I'm not hunting, you know, I'm just cruising around, drinking beer and looking at things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's kind of the mentality we're taking. Like, that's the guy we're going for like a, the guy that really just wants to escape Uh and, and look cool doing it. Yeah. And not look uptight. And that's what we're going for with 2Dub. And 2Dub has been a kick-ass brand of just being fun and being wild and being out there, but also saying true to South Texas, true to outdoors yeah, like our, our shirts are louder. We have wild cactuses. We have crazy pinatas. Like, we just do fun stuff. And we, we're pressing the mold. So we don't know if we're in Western. We don't know if we're in men's apparel. We just know we're on the fringe of something. You're in you. And that's the, that's the fun part. Yep. And, and, and that's been really, really fun for us. Yep. I'm going to have to check that out. I am. What's yeah. your website? TwoDoveOutdoors.com. TwoDoveOutdoors. Follow us on all the socials. It's great. The, the letter yeah. two or the? No, T-W-O. T-W-O. Yeah, D-O-V-E. Yeah, no S in the dove, so two dove outdoors. So, yeah. And Google, Google find us. And so we ship out the same day if you order by 2 o'clock. We try to be like our own little Amazon. So, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. We we do. We got great employees. We really have amazing employees that work for us. And and we try to make it fun. Um, We're not like the Jeff Bezos of awesomeness, but we really try to have a really good team. And so that's been a really good time to surround myself with good people. And so you do have a storefront still in Kingsville? storefront there. And then we're in a, a, a busted over 150 stores, uh, just, uh, last week, uh, Texas, seven States we're, we're in, in stores. And so oh, wow. we're in new, you know, we'd be in new Brunswick here. We will be in San Antonio. We'll have stuff in Rockport. We'll have mm-hmm. stuff in Dallas, mm-hmm. Fort Worth. But uh, our goals to expansion is to, is to move, um, towards the, um, like I think corridor, kind of like the Whataburger approach, Arizona, Georgia, Florida, that's kind of where we where we want to head next. Awesome, right? Yeah, awesome. So I had to ask you. I wrote down. Uh, you said you wear cattle with dogs. Yes, sir. Curious more about that. I love the working aspect of that. Yeah. So the the dogs. Uh, no. So they're all black mouth curs. Okay. There'll be some cattle in the mixes, but most of them are black mouth. Um, just short hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and the man they can run. Um, we try to we try to locate like so when we work like our big places. What we do is we get we open the pin sets up, and then we. We bring the helicopter. The helicopter pushes mostly everything in. Mm-hmm. It's it's the best cowboy you got. Mm-hmm. And then what mm-hmm. we do is we the helicopter will make its rounds. And then we wear um, walkie-talkies. Mm-hmm. And uh, we feel like we're like, you know, 
Border Patrol slash cops, <laughs> you know, slash heroes, you know. We're just and so it's so funny to hear the all the crap talking going across there, but it's the best because a helicopter he has the bird's eye view of like you missing when you rope and like yeah, and like really talking trash, you know, and so it's it's been great. So that's so the helicopter kind of spots him, calls him in. He'll hover up and down, mm-hmm. and then he'll, what he'll do is he'll try to get that cow to stay or, or bull to stay, and he'll pull up off, mm-hmm. and then he'll call you in to come, and then you send the dogs. The dogs will bay him, mm-hmm. and we try to we try to push with most of the cattle, um, but sometimes they just fight us, mm-hmm. and so then you go in there and then you, and you rope, mm-hmm. and then they'll pull the dogs off. So the hard time is as really good dogs are ones that you can call off on, especially on calves. Mm-hmm. Calves, you know, tend to yep, flighty, yeah, really flighty, and so um, it's nice to have cow calves where. They're protecting and they and they learn yep. that that, that yep. sense. But yeah, they yep. they don't really tend to. The only time they really bite is when they're leaving. Like a cow leaves the herd, and what you do is you just pull your horse down, stop, and you say, "Go get them," you know. And and, and they're going to seek safety back into the herd. Mm-hmm. And the, a good cow dog, when it, when it senses it's running back to the herd, will pull off and just kind of sit there by the cowboys and wait, and yep. or bark them up. Or like there's some really good cow dogs that'll lead too. Mm-hmm. Instead of having like a lead horse guy that'll lead yep. with them, lead the you, cattle, lead the cattle. Do you raise your own dogs? No, I don't. I don't have any. I mean, oh my god, my wife would shoot me if we had more animals. Yeah, and the barking. She's she's just like no, no more barking. We have enough dogs in the house. So, mm-hmm. but uh, those guys raise them all. It's kind of crazy that they're really those cowboys. If if you understand like that West Texas cowboy flair, the South Texas cowboys a lot like that without the um, probably the the pageantry of, of clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're really big on like the saddles they they ride. The dogs they have is a huge deal. The horse lines are big too. Um, it's not as I think as romantic as a West Texas cowboy or Panhandle cowboy. It's just different. Mm-hmm. A lot of more ball caps, mm-hmm. which is funny too because not a lot of more cowboy hats because you're in the brush. Like it's like yeah, yeah. things gone right. Yeah. So I can lose a twenty dollar cowboy hat as opposed to you know two hundred dollar, four hundred, six hundred, eight hundred dollar felt. Yep. You know. Yep. <clears throat> so those guys are like, yeah. When we get in the pins and work, I've done they, it before. Then then they put their cowboy hat on because it's be hot, you know, yeah. and, and that's kind of cool. But that's, that's, I, I love the idea of seeing like a true, and most of those guys, it's funny, a lot of them wear short sleeve, yep. you know, and their skin is just bleached, yeah. and a lot of them still smoke, and I love that aspect of it. Just, <laughs> it just, it's just really cool to, you know, and it's kind of like- romanticized, like Old West. It is. It's yeah. like that J.B. Mooney effect, right? Like you, he's like pulling on a, on a Marlboro light, and you're like, damn, I want to smoke too. Like, like that, you know what I mean? Like that guy just looks the part of being cool. Like yeah. the Marlboro man. And so a lot of those guys are just neat and it's, and it, they brand, they freeze brand their dogs. Oh that's kind yeah. Of, that's kind of pretty, pretty cool. And, yeah. and, and uh, a lot of honor and that kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. good dogs. And, um, and, and again, like a lot of those guys out West, they, they romanticize the bits that they put in their mouth and uh, the kind of stuff. But we wear like a lot of tapaderos, a lot of um, mm-hmm. brush jackets. Brushy. Yeah, so and so Tudo's coming out with the brush jacket that we've been testing out, just kind of some fun stuff and and some some anti tear material. Just that's the kind of part that we we're bringing into just on that fringe of Western. It's funny you mentioned dogs because you know I'm fourth generation. We've been working cows since I was a kid, and they did it long before me. But I remember on our you know cowboys and dogs and horses days back when I was a kid, everything was by dogs. I mean the whole pasture that when they were going back hundreds of acres back, but now they don't, they would, if any of the cowboys are listening, they weren't, <laughs> but we try to like y'all with a helicopter. We're not that fancy, but yeah. you know, we try to cube them up. So the dogs yeah. have to do as little work as possible sure. because that, that wears them out, wears the horses out and everything. So it's just, it's been interesting to watch the evolution of how we work cattle over the years too. Yeah. 
And so, like, I think the evolution of horses, too, have been a huge deal for, for us because, like, my dad growing up in Laredo in South Texas, just talking about, like, there's a horse in every bush and every horse is 500 bucks. And so you broke, you, you roped off and, and stepped one off. And it's just a different way of life, right? You broke a horse's leg. Well, you're not taking him to the vet, you know, mm-hmm. and people don't want to hear that, but that's just the honest to God truth. And so you just got another one in the tree and another one in the tree and another one in the tree. And, and now you're looking going, horses are expensive. Mm-hmm. And so now this is, a, this is, this is a real part. This is an asset, not just a tool. Mm-hmm. And so, but to see like some of these cowboys work, you know, they're, they got some really great bloodlines that, the guys in South Texas will gift them, you know, because, mm-hmm. hey, you worked for me. Or just, hey, you're riding this colt. I want you to ride these horses. And a lot of – there's still a day work cowboy in South Texas, which you kind of don't see anymore in the limelight. Like, of just mm-hmm. – yeah, and the guys running up and down the road, you know. And uh, everybody's got Snapchat and things, these things like that, you know, to be <laughs> to be famous. But uh, when you're in the brush and it's thick and it's scary and uh, there's – it's just a different level of toughness that mm-hmm. – uh, yep. That I that I see differently than than, than the guys out west, and, and no offense against them, I just see a different cowboy. Um, and again, vice versa, our cowboys probably couldn't make it there. And, you know, oh, it's just dirt. It's just different. The brush. It's mean. It's it mean. Is. It's tough. Things bite you back. You know, and, and two and uh, not so much hogs, but like facing illegals, you jump up on a bunch of illegals, and then the next thing you know, you're going. This is a different. It's a different cat and mouse game, you know. And so there's just a different feel down there when you get south of San Antonio. How, how just Western. Experience. I mean, most guys go to South Texas deer hunting because it's so romantic. You know, they have it's to go to South Texas to hunt a deer. They shoot a deer. He goes up in the brush. They're like, who's going to go track him for me? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. It's just a different ball game when you get to San Antonio. It is. Which is, makes it the fun wild west, but it also makes it the saddest things. Like my, my own son is 14 and he you know, wants to go shoot cottontails. And you're like, man, I just can't let you go out there by yourself anymore. You know, it's just not, mm-hmm. it's not worth the risk. Mm-hmm. That sucks because when I was a kid, it was still... I can still go do those things. Yeah. So how do you see that affecting ranching as we go forward? Yeah. There's a lot of guys that are getting out of it. Um, right. And so like when, and, um, when you bail out and you run through fences, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I, the joke is when you get there in the coffee shops, they they never hit a fence. that has got anything valuable, valuable behind it. Right. That's always the joke. It's like, it's like they always, there's going to be a really nice fence and a really crappy one. Let's go to a really nice one and hit that one. You know, the one mm-hmm. that we see that's going to be working mm-hmm. and, uh, and that, but yeah, guys are tired. Guys are really tired. Um, it's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, they they won out, and um, and then the deer the deer thing kind of messed a lot of that up too. And, and I'm not saying it's good, right or wrong. You can do whatever you want. That's what I believe is beautiful. It's Texas. You can do what you want to with your land. Um, I would just love to lease all that land, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because a lot of those guys just don't want cows in the way. But the, if you really look at the studies, they really they really benefit the deer, your quail, oh, yeah. your quail populations. The cattle do. They really open up avenues and, and push brush species and, and keep some back. And so to me. It's again, it's education, right? It's a hard bill of sale to somebody that just wants to drive out there and not have to open a gate, which I get at your place. You can do whatever you want to. Yep. And that's something that's it's part of it, man. Yep. It's, it sucks. Yep. But it's fun. It's, it's fun because there's an opportunity around each band of, of, of educating somebody so I can go and maybe run a cow somewhere. Yep. 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 So what do you see the challenges to say your kids growing up in agriculture and doing the same thing that you do? Man. What, what, what's hard, I think, too, is that I have three kids that that are in agriculture or ride a rope so they're going to split the ranches three ways mm-hmm. it's tough mm-hmm. um estate planning <laughs> as much as we hate to talk about it that's that's uh that's a big deal it's and a huge issue for everyone in agriculture. yeah and um and, and, and they're not making any more land and the value of land is going up and and um yeah you know i have cousins that that uh, live in houston and and 
they love the ranch aspect, but I don't think they'll, you know, they they'll go a couple times a year, you know, so mm-hmm. um, it'd be, I would love to have the opportunity to lease their country when, when the time comes, you know? So I think of that. Um, um, but I have to prepare my children that like, it is, I guess it's yours to lose, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad to say, you know, um, we're, we're fifth going six generations. I mean, that's, that's a hell of a run. Usually a lot of them, three or four is kind of gone. And so, but you really got to fight like hell to keep it. And so I, I do romanticize it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, another thing I think we do disservice to our kids. We have all these rules and regulations of this land, like as far as just going out there and just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. There's so many rules and liabilities and you, you can't go here and this, and, and, and that's sometimes that's not fun for children. Like I'm not saying it's, but like, you know, it is a business. It is these are, you know, we lease out our land for hunters you know, you can't be over here, this and that. And then mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, <clears throat> you're just making this one big no, yep. you know? Yep. And that becomes hard. Um, so, and like, I hate ruts. I'm like, so you don't go ride in the rain, but that's really gotta be a lot of fun, you know? And so mm-hmm. I look at it from those aspects, like, you know what, 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 at the end of the day, what the hell, man? Like, so like, don't go into my oat fields, but like, you can go tear up in the pasture. I just like, I, mean, I have nothing there, you know? And so mm-hmm. like, so I, I have to really remember that, like, this is still truly a blessing. And we got to tell these kids it's a blessing because when I went to A&M, I just assume everybody had a ranch and that, that sounds weird, but I just, or a place to hunt. No, right? I did too. You know, and, and it was like, foreign to me when everyone was like, can I come feed cows with you? Yeah. And, and they I was were like, like, you've never fed a cow. Yeah. They're like, can I? Can I, can I come down there and look at those the deer? I'm like, I, I guess I guess you can. I mean, I don't really know what you want to look at them. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Yeah, you can't look at your deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so for me, it's just like, I, and, and this question hits hard to me, but I just really want to show the kids like, it is a blessing, you know, and you don't understand that blessing either till it's gone or you step away from it. Mm-hmm. So that is what I have to instill in them. Like this is just. This is a really cool creation that God's gifted us with in this short period. Yeah. It goes back to what you're saying, gratefulness. It's really. a huge deal for me right now, man. It's just, a, I feel it in my bones, like just to wake up and either get pissed off the world or just like accept the fact that I got, I'm healthy, mm-hmm. I'm healthy children. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a big deal for me mm-hmm. um, because what I've learned in being an entrepreneur is that if it all be gone tomorrow, I probably two years ago couldn't say this. I would probably be like felt as a failure. Now I'm like, man, now, I, as long as my family is good, and I don't think that's, a, that's truly the true saying, if my family was good, my wife was good, I could start it all over again. It wouldn't bother me a bit. Mm-hmm. I could be at rock bottom. But that, take a, that took a long time and pride, to set pride aside to get there. Mm-hmm. So I could lose all this land. You know, we lose, lose lease land all the time, and I don't take it personal anymore. You know, that's their land. Mm-hmm. I have to really understand that. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so it's been a gratefulness mindset that's changed. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I, I love what I do. I don't get to do it all the time, but I love it. Yep. <laughs> yep. What it feels like yep. I have a lot of jobs. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's obviously, it's obvious that you have a passion for it. I mean, it's infectious. It yeah. is, man. You, you, you can motivate somebody to really go. Yeah. And I think it's our job to educate. So, and that's why I love a podcast. I'll never turn one down because I think it's important for, people to hear what we have to say about beef and the beef production in the industry and where it's headed and how we're interconnected and what COVID showed us and the markets are crazy. And you know, it's, it really is real because the market's falling right now and no one really understand why, why the beef price is falling right now. And I, I, at least I don't, I've been trying to read all over drovers and blogs and I can't find anything why. And you know, and there's a lot of fats being killed and 
Yeah. People are still eating beef. I'm, I'm just, I'm just perplexed, <laughs> you know? It's, it seems like logic has gone in anymore in the markets, you know, supply mm-hmm. goes down and the market goes down with it. I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, that makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, constrict know, something and then price goes down. Less supply is supposed to be higher price. I, I, and I, I, and I, know, and I, and we're interconnected like a son of a gun. And I, and I didn't think I really realized that until COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's mm-hmm. like trying to get medicine or like just getting like, uh, um, uh, guns, you know, for, uh, to give injections. I'm like, Oh, those don't come. Those are made in Europe. I'm like, Oh crap. You know, I need a, I need the O-ring for it or I need a, you know, I'm like, Oh, the COVID's got it down. I'm like, Oh, great. You know what I mean? Just one <laughs> mm-hmm. more thing in the call, yep. you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's tough, but, uh, it is infectious yep. and we got to go back to that every time, man. It's fun. It really is. It is fun. It really is. So yeah. Well, man, Wade, we appreciate you being here today. I think you'll, uh, what we've talked about hopefully will be, I think it'll be interesting to a lot of our listeners and I think it'll have an impact on them Impactful, as well. Yeah. I hope it does, man. So, yes. Well, thank you for the opportunity, gentlemen, ladies. Thank you very much. And, uh, again, uh, appreciate you, my appearance and how I came in here. A guns are blazing. So, thank you all. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today on Capital Roots. Texas agriculture is the foundation of our story and what makes us family. Capital Farm Credit is a proud member of the farm credit system. We finance farmers, ranchers, agricultural producers, and rural landowners, and we're here to make your vision a reality. We've been serving rural Texas for more than a century. Whether it be traditional, innovative, or lifestyle, we'll help you cultivate new ground. We're all in this together. Because together, we're better.